This is Sin Sage, and you are listening to Tanya Tate Presents MILFs Making Money. This is Tanya Tate. MILFs Making Money. wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is MILF's Making Money. On today's show, discover your passions, values and talents to reveal your why. That's your purpose in life. Myself and Matt Kelly, co-founder of We Know Podcasting, will be discussing how to start a podcast and why you should have one. So I have been spending more time enjoying the things that inspire me, things that make me happy. And I did join a local gym. And trust me, I am getting my money's worth. With my personal trainer from Estonia, Kurt Kuvit, and he trains me via video chat. I'm also going there just to do DDP yoga. I do it on the app. I can do it at home, but I have the peace and quiet in the gym. And if I've got Ozzy and he's not at school, I can stick him in the kids' club. It's great. And of course, there's a pool there. So I've been spending the last few weekends spending like long days at that pool all day long. A little bit of splashing in the water, a lot of tanning at the side. But Ozzy's been living his best life in California. Like, he's a kid, he's in the sun, he's in the pool all day long. I have to say, when I was a kid, I was limited to, like, my mum would open the door and be like, there you go, go out to play. And if it was raining, you'd be stuck in your room. Figure it out, work it out. That This was before they had video games. <laughs> it was kind of a long time ago. I guess they did have video games, but they were really basic and they were expensive and I didn't have any. Day trips were a luxury, you know? But now I'm like looking at, even as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my arms and they're like glowing. I have a tan, a real tan. And it's the first time in years that I actually look like I live in a sunshine state. And I remember a little while ago going back to England and it was in the summer and my relatives are like, where's your tan? You're living in LA. I'd always think back to when I was younger and I to think, imagine living somewhere hot where you could just go and cool down in a open air pool and a big swimming pool when you're just like sweating too much so what are the things that you've been enjoying do you get to experience any of your passions or your desires what are the things that make you tick is it something that gives you a feeling of contentment these are the things that give your life a purpose 
I was asked recently, what is your why in life? I'm like, why? Why? Why are you asking me? Why? So it got me thinking of my why, which is really like my reason in life. And I thought it's it's a really deep question. And I felt like I was stumbling on the answer. And I thought, well, I'm still living. I'm working on discovering this. But I'm not the first person to mull this over. I'm sure a few of you have thought, why am I here? It's like deep. But even it's been documented as far back as the 4th century BC, Aristotle was pondering life's purpose and he was developing his theory and he had this theory of teleology, or which basically is the idea that everything in life has a purpose. So knowing your why is, it's like an important first step in figuring out how to achieve the goals that excite you and to create that life that you enjoy living versus merely surviving in life. You know, we, we kind of feel naturally fulfilled when we're improving ourselves or proving our lives in some way. So, you know, you feel like your life is growing. You're living, you're experiencing the things that give you purpose. So when you think about it, your purpose, it sits in the intersection of certain things. So you've got your values, your talents, your skills, your passions. What are your passions? What makes you feel alive? Do you connect to something that you really feel passionate about? You know, think what inspires you? What do you do when you're really enjoying it and you lose that track of time of what you're doing? Or something that gives you that fire feeling in your tummy or goosebumps on your body? Have you ever had that? I, I, I have to say, songs, songs for me, goosebumps on the body. It's really, it's like that complete internal feeling of exhilaration. What do you want to be doing more of? What brings you true joy? And then you look at your beliefs, your core values, and what things are critical to you and how you operate. You know, what do you expect from other people? What do you value? What things mean something to you? What difference do you want to make? And where do you add the greatest value? So what are your talents and skills? Talents are the things that you're naturally innately good at. And for the skills, think about what you do well. What have you studied or learned and then you applied it to something that provides like value in life? Things that can stop you from finding your purpose could be wanting to stay in your comfort zone or limiting your beliefs or telling yourself you're not good enough or you can't make it. So you've got to stop. You've got to start believing that we have no limitations in life. And that'll give us the confidence to start finding our purpose. Once you start reflecting on your passions, your values, your strengths, then you can look at them as how they relate. You know, the overlapping themes, where do they intersect? What's the trend? And there, voila, is your why. I felt like Mary Poppins then. <laughs> That's one of my passions, watching Disney movies. You'll be sitting there now like, yeah, passion, passionate about this. But when you know your why, you can find the courage to take the steps to start moving, to get ahead, to stay motivated when you're in difficult situations and, and move your life into a new, challenging and more rewarding path. You know, ultimately, living with purpose means literally focusing on the things that matter most. It's not necessarily like the material things. 
but just when you're in your element. So when your skills and your talent and your passion and they all become one, you become more productive and you add more value and you enjoy more personal and even professional fulfillment. You know, I'm sitting here going over this, but I have to say it's not always an easy question. If you can't identify your purpose, just write down what inspires you. Take those small steps towards your why. And for me, you know, I didn't identify my why either. However, in between being asked the question and recording this podcast, I truly found a why. I've always loved performing, you know, singing, dancing to Top of the Pops on the radio. Every Sunday night in front of like, we had this living room cabinet and had a reflective glass door and I'd dance and sing to it. I had a keyboard and a guitar when I was a kid so I could play them like, like a basic school level. And then as my life progressed, I was able to perform on the camera and adult movies, you know. I've won many awards for my work and been nominated for, for many more as well. My voice is appreciated many times a day when my movies are rewatched. In making new movies and creating custom clips for fans and having my vivid radio show I was hosting for seven years on Sirius XM. Of course, you are listening to this podcast now, enjoying my voice as well. And I do love having passionate conversations via my premium social media platforms like OnlyFans and Sex Panther. That's work stuff, you know, performing on camera and winning awards and and interacting with fans. It, it, it is work. It's a great work, I have to say. I feel very passionate about it. But I wanted to think about my personal life as well. You know, I would always return to enjoying music. I would always return to enjoy my musical passions. So back to when I was about 20 years old and I'd get thrust at the karaoke at the pub as friends were running the karaoke night and they always needed another singer to go up and blast out a song. And I'd be like, oh, go on then, I'll give it a go. And in recent years, I've been blessed with fans helping me with my music. I was trying to think off the top of my head now, if if I miss someone out, if I miss someone out, I'm sorry because my brain is just... <laughs> it's not always on, on par sometimes, but hey, here we go. David bought me a keyboard. V bought me a karaoke machine. Carl bought me a guitar. Nikki bought me Disney music books. I mean, these were just to name a few. I got to share my love of singing really recently when friends asked me to sing with them. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. So I got the music sheets and I listened to different versions of the song on YouTube, practiced it, and then simply turned up. So we, we did one run through before it was time to play to the audience. And then I have to tell you, I sang that song and I sang my heart out. My friends were so pleased. Just thinking back, they're like, smile on my friend's face as I, I was following her. She's kind of like extremely musical. And she was like my guide, you know, she moves ahead and she's, she'll give you nods when it's your turn to come in. And just her face was lit up and she was, she clapped and 
the other people they it it was just a big whoop and I was like wow okay that was a loud that was a loud applause and I had friends that were also listening that came up to me afterwards and just praised my singing and the performance and I was like wow my passion has returned and that's when I had that eureka moment I was like hold on I got asked this question the other day what is my why and I was fumbling around trying to think what it was this was it it's one of my passions it's like being sent to me as a big reminder one of my purposes here on earth to sing my heart out to push my comfort zones to believe I could do it and to achieve a goal that gives me goosebumps that feeling of being exhilarated I found my why I found my purpose and you know seeing that now we are also focusing on this podcast MILF's Making Money I want to say I have used those exact same skills by singing happy birthday custom singing videos and I've done other custom singing clips where someone has actually requested certain songs and I have belted them out. But this is it, isn't it? It's that passion. It's what am I good at? What do I enjoy? What do I value? Performing, giving it to other people. I am passionate about music and singing and skills. Okay, I must be skilled. I'm not a professional singer. Please do not (laughs) get confused. I can belt out a tune and it sounds kind of like it's supposed to sound. That's all I ask for. And if I sing my heart out and it gives me goosebumps and when I watch things back, sometimes you, you listen to certain music, it it's, gives you that goosebumps. Are you bringing something that you are passionate about into also making a living from it. I challenge you to ask yourself, why am I here? What is my purpose? It's one of the most important questions you can ask yourself. Living your purpose is the most important thing that you can do. In the words of John Gordon, having a vision for your life and knowing where you are going is powerful. But it's more powerful when you know why you are going there. Coming up next on Mills Making Money, myself and Matt Kelly, co-founder of We Know Podcasting, will be discussing how to start a podcast and why you should have one. are listening to Tanya Tay Presents MILF's Make and Money podcast and we are discussing how to start a podcast and why you should have one. I have with me the head of content at Geekscape.net, co-founder of We Know Podcasting, host of more podcasts than I can count and more importantly my personal podcast producer editor. Welcome Matt Kelly to the MILF's Make and Money podcast. 
Hey, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun because usually you're like the third person in, you know, the wheel. And you're normally sitting there in the background listening away while we're recording the podcast um, with the guests coming on. And you, you're typing away and you're doing whatever in the background till I'm like, Matt, Matt, I need you. Cut that out. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny this morning. I like, you know, I have my list of things that I need to get done each day. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's a Tanya recording. I can like save some of this Instagram messaging or these emails for while she's recording. Couldn't do that today. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I have to talk. <laughs> so. You need your full undivided attention, Matt Kelly. So <laughs> people that are listening right now, they're probably like, who's this guy? So tell everyone who you are and how did you get started as a podcasting producer? So uh, I started a podcast in, I want to say 2006, um, ironically, because of Geekscape. Uh, I had gotten a new laptop. I had heard about this thing called podcasting. Geekscape was one of the first podcasts that I checked out. And I immediately became friends with the host, Jonathan London. And through watching Geekscape for a couple months, I was like, I think I could do this. And... I had a lot of short-lived bad podcasts. Like I had a lot of shows that would last like six episodes and I'd be like, well, that was terrible. And then I would delete it completely off the internet and then I would start from scratch and do it over again. Um, and I did that for many, many years until I really found a flow that kind of worked for me um, in about 2012 is when yeah. I really thought I figured it out and had like a good flow going with everything and I've been podcasting consistently since I have seven weekly shows that I am on mic for and then countless other shows that I produce and edit for other people and a lot of it just came from being the guy who was always doing podcasting so people who wanted to start a podcast would contact me because they're like well Matt knows this stuff so maybe he can help me out and it wasn't until recently that I thought oh I could I could monetize this a little bit. Like in the last two years, I thought, oh, I could monetize this. And that's that's kind of just the the whole, the the 15 year podcasting origin story summed up in about a minute. But <laughs> there's there's many peaks and valleys throughout that minute. <laughs> well, that, that was definitely a good sum up. You know, podcasting for you, you started, you, you, you were listening to the podcast and, you know, it kind of like brought you in. You was like enthralled into the world of podcasting and I, I love that you say there was like lots of like you know peaks and flows and a few <laughs> things were, that you, you you didn't really want to relive yeah <laughs> well so much of it I do a lot of podcast coaching for people and the biggest thing that I can advise people every single time is the shows that weren't good were me trying to do my best impression of what I thought I was supposed to be, right? So it wasn't Matt Kelly on a podcast. It was Matt Kelly trying to be Howard Stern on a podcast. Or it was Matt right. Kelly trying to be this person on a podcast. And it wasn't until like 2012 when I really started to feel comfortable enough in my skin to just be purely unapologetically me. I don't think that that's accidental, that that's also when I started to see the listenership go up and I started to like see the success start to roll out more. So my advice whenever I'm coaching anyone is like, you got to be yourself on the mic. You can't, you can't be what you think you're supposed to be on the mic. You just have to be unafraid to be like naked and exposed to, <laughs> to the listening audience. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to keep a private part of your life. There are things that I still keep very private. Ironically, you know this 
probably better than most people, but like, I am very awkward talking about like sex stuff, which is weird because I produce so many porn star <laughs> podcasts. But, but that is like my that's like my personal lifeline where I'm like, nope, that's that's for me, and I'm not yeah. going to talk about that on a microphone. <laughs> I think for me, I have to say, talking about sex is really easy. Like it yeah. is, you, you know, I could I I could shut my eyes, be half asleep, and. I could still get those sultry, passionate, dirty talk coming out my mouth all night long because it it kind of just flows. But there is, you know, even for me, still keeping something back. You know, I don't give absolutely everything out. There is something that I do hold back. And, you know, sometimes personal sex is something that people really don't want to share, like really personal, personal sex, yeah. you know? So it is, it's, it's with the podcast, it's knowing um, what do you want to share? You know, for me as well, I also run a PR company, Star Factory PR. And so part of my job um, there is that we set up our clients w with interviews, media opportunities and podcasts. And there's been times when my clients have gone onto a podcast very, very few times, but there have been times where they've gone and had a drink They've gone and done the podcast. It's been possibly a live podcast. And they've said stuff that afterwards they thought, I wish I didn't say that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of tricky when it's live. You know, you, you, you've got to know before you're going on, what are you going to reveal? What are you going to hold back? Because sometimes you just can't take it back. You know, for us editing a podcast, or sorry, for you, you're the editor, not I'm not the <laughs> editor. <laughs> but but for me, when I'm interviewing someone and if they say something and I think, ah, oh, I don't think really you want to share that with the world. And I will literally, like, I'll, I'll stop and I'll do a big, Matt, yeah. cut that out, cut that out. You'll do out. it sometimes mid-sentence. Yeah, like, they'll, they'll, I've, seen, I've heard off. it. Yeah, I've heard you cut people right off and you're like, you can't, you can't say that because, no. you know, that might be legal in Europe, but this podcast is primarily in America. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. always these little, these little moments and you're quick to stop it, rightfully so, because otherwise it's also helpful for me because if you like wait until they finish their entire sentence and then you're like, all right, Matt, you've got to cut some of that. It's like, all right, well, where can I cut it versus like... When it's like a hard cutoff mid sentence, I'm like, all right, this, <laughs> when, <laughs> this whatever. Go. I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna go all the way back to where the first question was asked and like start <laughs> with the the redo. Um, but yeah. I, that's why I think I get nervous about live stuff. I know people who feel totally comfortable just like going live and then releasing the raw audio, and that just gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> like. I, I love being able to pre-record, but I also love being able to pre-record because you can build a nice back catalog. That's something that's so helpful in podcasting that people don't think about is like, if you're getting ready to start podcasting, record the first like five to 10 episodes before you release anything just to make sure that it's something you want to do and you're feeling comfortable with it. And then it also gives you a couple months of content that's all ready to go while you start setting up interviews and, and whatever else you need to do. So we're, we're going straight back now. You've just started answering what I'm gonna ask you. Like, tell, talk us through what are some of the basic necessities the listeners will need to start a podcast? Yeah, for sure. So if you are looking to start a podcast, obviously 
there's like the the general stuff that iTunes, well, not iTunes now, Apple Podcasts would have you need to do, which is that you need to have a logo, you need to have a name, you need to have a description for what your show is. That's kind of basic stuff. And I've seen people do something as low energy as just a photo of themselves uh, for their image. If you have the money to invest in getting someone to get you a nice professional logo, it is incredible how far a good logo will get you in podcasting. Mm -hmm. Something that's like memorable and eye-catching, and and I've seen that from personal experience. The podcast logos that I've had for my own shows, uh, for the most part, I think are really solid logos that grab people's attention, and we get comments on it constantly. Um, But then from the actual recording content, I always tell people at the very start, don't stress out too much. If you've got a computer that has GarageBand and you've got a semi-decent microphone, just start with that and see if it's something that you like doing enough that you want to invest in a better microphone or invest in an editor or, you know, getting a website. Like those aren't necessary. The bigger thing is to just do it. Like what got me into podcasting in the beginning was that I was a writer, but every time I would write something, I had so much time in the writing process to second guess everything and doubt myself and then decide that what I had written was no good and that I wasn't going to do anything with it. But with podcasting, I was able to record it and release it the next day. And I didn't have time to second guess myself. So I was like actually getting stuff out there. And that helped, that really helped me get over that fear a little bit. And now that I've been doing it for 15 years, I have no problem recording something two or three months in advance and really like taking my time with editing it and getting it looking and feeling right. But that wouldn't have been the case for me in my, my early twenties when I first started doing this at all. So, you know, like I've got a podcast, you've got a podcast. So people are going to be sitting there listening and think, okay, well, I want to do a podcast. How do you know what you're going to have your podcast about? I always say the advice that I give people is think of something that you could talk about a hundred times and not get sick of talking about it. So like for me, like I do a horror movie podcast. I do uh, a podcast about one hit wonders. I do a podcast about Christmas time. I do a podcast about vintage movies from the thirties. Like these are all things that I'm passionate about that I do spend my time listening to Christmas music sometimes in the middle of the summer because it just makes me feel happy or like (laughs) I love horror movies so that was stuff where that became easy and then if it makes it easier to have a co-host like really don't be afraid to ask someone that's one of your best friends I I see people do stuff on like Facebook groups all the time where they'll just post and be like hey looking for a co-host and I I don't think I could ever do a podcast where my co-host was a total stranger. I think that that would be too awkward for me. But every show that I host right now, the hosts are like, for the most part, longtime friends or at least like people that I've talked to a few times on the phone or mm-hmm. or met in person once or twice so that I knew that there was some type of chemistry there before just diving in. Yeah, I, I guess it's like, you know, I've I've shot a lot of movies and you turn up on set and then suddenly it's like okay here's the person that you've got to work with and you you always have to make it work you know yeah but sometimes if the chemistry is not there and even just the be you know the opening part where you could be talking over each other because you're not you're not being led properly 
You know, yeah. you're not you're not reading the signs. You're not. It's it can become kind of awkward sometimes, but having someone there that you know that you're like, yeah, we really gel and we can have a conversation and we can keep talking. Um, I I did um, Vivid Radio for seven years and I was there. I host on Vivid Radio and it was syndicated on Sirius XM, and I didn't quite have a host. It was always me. Occasionally, I'd have a guest. I just loved doing the shows myself and I loved the fans calling in. So they were kind of like my co-hosts, if you like. And then those those few rogue times when the phone lines are down and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I've been relying on these other people, whether they be fans or guests, to come in and, and be part of that show with me. So I, you know, I was like, okay, we'll tell some stories. I'll get little scenarios, fantasies. And I, I kind of winged it a few times, but it was nice to be able to have somebody else to interact with. But you have a real gift for doing the solo stuff too, honestly. Like, like when I'm editing you and it's just you alone with the mic talking, like you are such a compelling storyteller that that I am like, oh, this is really good. I could never do that. I feel like even even as a host, I'm still kind of like the Andy Richter to someone's Conan O'Brien, where it's like, I'm better at working off of a setup, right? If they start putting an idea out there, like, not that I ever took improv, but there's that element of improv where it's like the yes end, where it's like, oh, I can jump into this concept that they're talking about and, and build on it. And we can keep going with this and make it funnier and funnier, or more interesting. And, but when I'm solo, it's so much like, uh, like I can't think of what to say. <laughs> I need, I need someone to bounce the ideas off of her or I it's bad, but yeah. you do it. So seamless. like there are episodes where I barely have to edit anything in your intro and outro because it's just like so confident. It's so smooth. It's so like, sure of yourself then there's the occasional ones where there's some word fumbling but like in general you are very you are very good at just sitting in front of a microphone and making a compelling audio uh piece thank you matt but i have to say when i when it was vivid radio okay because i'm going to compare the two i'm going to compare this podcast compared to vivid radio vivid radio it was a lot of improv where i was given you know, hey, the guy would call up and this was his fantasy of the day and he'd feed me one line and I would run with it. And, you know, I could get to the end to that explosion and that guy was extremely satisfied at the end of that phone call. I, I'm really good with like the role play and the improv. But when it comes to this podcast, it was slightly different. And I have to say, I do prep um, yeah. and I do spend time prepping and I, I think if I just come on and try to do a similar what I did um, vivid I don't think it would be um, it would be quite repetitive because I forget what yeah. I'd say but I, I do prep and I do try and think you know well, what happened in the last couple of weeks what do I want to talk about and you know me and you spoke about this and right at the beginning you know um, the reason why I got you involved, Matt, with um, We Know Podcasting is because I had started doing a podcast and I'd recorded a few episodes and you were also a friend. So I, I, I did ask you for some advice at the time as well. 
Um, so I had these few episodes ready sitting there and then I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do with them? They were just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And then in the end, that's when I was like, okay, Matt, I know you've given me advice, but now I actually need you to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now the money is coming out and now, now, you know, we sat down and we discussed what we needed for my podcast and you came on board you got those episodes edited but it, you know those first few episodes you, you're fumbling through you're wondering and I would say to you I'm going Matt does it sound okay Matt is is this doing well and I, I would ask you for feedback because I knew that you had a lot of knowledge with many different types of podcasts so I, I felt quite confident in asking you is this okay as well as the fans that are listening as well yeah I, I don't think that there's anything that's beneficial from just giving polite, like, don't want to hurt someone's feelings advice. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, you feel good because the person responds correctly. But like, if you're, if you know that they're not doing it right and you're not stepping up to try to help them, there's, but there's ways to do it. And that's, that's the thing that I've found as I talk to the different people that work with me, like they all kind of say the same thing, which is just like, you're very patient. Like you're willing to like really hold someone's hand and and walk them through it. And you're never, you know, I'm never going to just outwardly be like, this is bad and you shouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's way more like, <laughs> hey, have you tried doing it this way? Or what if we did this? Like I, I feel like even if I'm being paid as a producer or an editor, in my mind, it's a collaboration. Because yeah. I want to I enjoy what I'm editing. I don't want to edit something that's not interesting. And I don't want someone to be putting out a podcast that's not interesting. So like, yeah. I want to work with that person to create a show that I would definitely want to listen to. And I subscribe to every show that I work on. And then I listen to the episodes when they come out because it's content that I care about. It's content that I'm interested in. And I don't think you get that guarantee with a lot of other podcast producers and editors out there. I think it's strictly just a gig for the money and and like yeah. they could care less how good your product is at the end of the day so it's having the right team on board you yes. know you've got you've got this podcast you've got you know your basic necessities then it's figuring out who's going to be on your team have you got the skills to edit i mean let's be honest it, it's editing a podcast it's not just like, hey, I've just recorded a little custom video on my iPhone and I'm, there you go, you get, it, you get it as it is. If there's banging going around in the background, if there's a dog barking outside, you, you get it as it is. With audio on a podcast, the difference in hearing all this bang, bang, eh, in the background or a nicely polished, edited audio, it makes the difference in your podcast sounding really amateur versus quite professional. Yeah. And, and obviously there's no, there are things that no one can fix, right? You know, like if there's, if there's a bird that's just losing its mind outside someone's window when they're recording, like I can do my best to try to edit around that bird. But if the bird is squawking in the middle of them talking, the bird's making it onto the podcast. There's nothing I can do about it, but it's about trying to edit it in a way that it's not a distraction that mm -hmm. that it adds part of the ambience to the show or that you know it, it bleeds seamlessly in a way that you're you're not like what the hell is that bird in the background you know like it's like those little it's those little tweaks and and twists to the whole setup 
And we have had a bird squawking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've <laughs> we had, had dogs running around. We've we've had a lot. We've but we got around it. We found ways to make it not too distracting and and part of the show to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I think we, Julia ran when Julia ran come on. She has a lot of animals, including dogs and birds and everything else. And I think I was I, I mentioned that the animals in case you needed to use it because (laughs) sometimes just kind of mentioning the background noise so you can kind of let it blend in so it's not distracting you. Well, there's even, um, you know, to throw it back to Geekscape, Geekscape goes live on YouTube every week. And John's office is literally next to a window right by a a busy road, which means that while he's podcasting, there's always at least one or two points where you hear a sound of like a motorcycle go just flying by his house. And he's turned it into a joke where, because I keep adding more and more and more shows to the Geekscape network, every time that he hears a motorcycle go, he just says, and listeners, that is the sound of Matt Kelly adding another podcast to the Geekscape network. Like, (laughs) it's just like, and that's just turned into his gimmick. And like, that's what I tell people is like, use it. Like if you can turn it into a joke, Awesome. I I just recorded a bunch of video stuff that you helped me out with um, for uh, a video project that I'm working on with uh, a cast member of the Netflix reality show, The Circle. And her dogs would not let her record without the dogs being in the room. So the dogs are on the bed behind her in every one of these videos. And it just became a point of like, she's just going to acknowledge it in every interview and be like, hey, I hope you don't mind that the dogs are just watching this as as we're talking. You have to make do with what, what you can. The other option is to not do anything and not create anything. And I think that when you have that mind of a creator, the idea of not creating something is way worse than creating something that has a couple bumps yeah. <laughs> in the in the road. I think, you know, bumps sometimes make it your real as well. Yeah. You know? So I want to ask you about, um, you know, there's different kinds of podcasts that you that you work on, that you produce, that you edit. And, you know, through myself, I introduced you to some other adult stars and they have also started their own podcast. So I want to ask you, what are the benefits specifically for adult stars and content creators in starting a podcast? Well, I mean, first and foremost, selfishly, I hope that plenty of adult stars start podcasts and hire me because it is truly my dream for there to be so many adult star hosted podcasts that the AVNs will add a best podcast category and I can win an AVN. Yes. That is that is the end goal right now. <laughs> um, but But honestly, I think it is in this day and age where... You know, I hear it on your show. I hear it on Mary Carey's show. Like the boom of adult stars in the 90s into the early 2000s is essentially dead, right? The the video market doesn't exist anymore. You're unfortunately dealing with a lot of these free sites that people go to. You still have your loyal fans that will, will pay for your OnlyFans and stuff like that. But that wall that was so important in the 90s where it was like, the normal person and the celebrity is like completely down. And like now people want their celebrities to be just as normal and everyday people as they are. And I think the podcast is such a great way to really show the line between like Tanya Tate, the person and Tanya Tate, the performer, you know what I mean? Or like Mary Carey, the person and Mary Carey, the performer. And it's interesting because I think people watch it and like with Mary Carey specifically, 
there's not too much of a blurring of the lines of like her her real life persona and her celebrity persona. They are very intertwined and similar. But then you look at someone like Sin Sage, who I'm possibly going to be working with soon, and her off-camera personality is very different than what you get on camera. So I think creating that that ability to, for someone to see behind the scenes a little bit more I think audiences want that. And I think that you're only going to see growth in your OnlyFans, in your social standings. Like, people don't necessarily want the mysterious fake character as much. They they like knowing that that is a, the character that you play, and but that this is the actual person you are. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Do you, yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you've seen that same thing since you started, like, doing the podcast and unveiling more? Yeah, I, I think for the fans, you know, it's being out there and, you know, it's not all talk about sex, sex, sex. You know, if you want those platforms, there is a time and a place for you to go to. You know, Vivid Radio, that was the place where you could go and if you was feeling extremely excited, you could get some relief from it at the end of yeah. my phone call. This is different because it's it's not me sitting there and, you know, talking all sex stuff. It's me talking about different things in my life giving an insight you know it's my family life what I'm up to some of the things that I did you know what was I doing when I was a kid stuff from England so it is it kind of fills in like a lot of spots like people people are not going to find that by sitting there and looking at me doing a, a sexy you know custom movie for them on my OnlyFans I think as well you know for the podcast getting it out there it's it's another place for adult content creators, we are being very restricted on where we can go. I mean, Instagram and me, I, it's just a, a joke, you know. Yeah. I'm not following the guidelines while I'm sitting there in a bikini saying, sweet FA. But they are going to take me account down again. So there's always people at different platforms that are trying to get you down. Whereas podcasting and audio like this, it's... I see loads of stuff. If if I go onto like Apple Podcasts and you know I look at mine and then I'll scroll to the bottom because it gives you similar other podcasts and I look and it's like girls that I don't know who they are and the picture is like the naked with might be the hair covering their breasts um, or the hands kind of covering their breasts and it's like still straight up sex talk and yeah. so the podcast can get quite raunchy without being barred from the platform so you've got another place to interest fans to start building up that brand your podcast is downright tame in comparison to even just like two female comics doing a podcast sometimes you know what i mean like there are podcasts out there that are just literally called like guys we effed you know what i mean like and it's just like a very the 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 realm of like open positive sexual conversation that is happening on on podcasts is like you said it's it's kind of the wild wild west still a little bit it's not being that crazy regulated because you just mark the show as explicit and they take that into account and make sure that you know it's not showing up in the searches of someone who's maybe only listening to kid-friendly clean podcasts and they kind of just you know it's jobs done they wipe their hands of it but it it is uh, the I mean, you and I have talked off Mike many times about how frustrating the whole Instagram thing is, not just with you, but with everybody else. But again, like I think 
what has been really interesting with working with all of these different adult stars is that you really see what their passions are, right? So like for you, your show is about the business side of things and, and you are passionate about business and that's why you run such good businesses is that you really do care about that stuff. The stuff that I've been working on on the side for Lindsay Banks, like there is literally zero things that are sexy about it. It is her talking about VR tech and like being very like that is what she is passionate about. And I think that it's really cool seeing this other side of people. And the example that I always use is, you know, I was your personal assistant for a while, which when I lived in LA, like I would meet different girls as they would come in to, to film web content with you. And there was this underlying vibe that was like, when I came back home, people were like, oh, you, you worked with some porn stars. I bet you got laid all the time when you were out there. And it was no. like, and like the thing <laughs> is like the, the example that I always use is like, do you come home from doing construction work? And the first thing you want to do is more construction <laughs> work. Like, no, like you want to like, live your life and that's what i feel like i uh, helping with these podcasts is allowing is like people to show the other things that they care about outside of their job you know what I mean? <laughs> like showing yeah. these other things about themselves and that's what's really cool is allowing people the opportunity to show their passions and and really let that shine in a really cool way that becomes really interactive with an audience like the stuff you do with speak pipe like you really get responses from people who are listening and loving the yeah. show or even past guests who become regular listeners of the show and like listen for for their own advice on how to shift their business and you know really monetize different aspects that they may not have thought about looking into as a way to monetize so these are different strategies aren't they you know in building a successful podcast you said listening to other podcasts being interactive with yeah. podcasts I mean, for me, I've had, you know, guests and then they go on to leave a speak pipe. I love that because I can just put it out there. Speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate. The fans go there. They leave a, a voicemail. But are there other strategies that can be used in building a successful podcast? A thousand percent. The thing that's important to remember, and I try to explain this with a lot of people, because the big question that everyone always asks when they're looking to hire an editor is like, well, where will I get the money to pay for the editor? Which is a, is a valid question, right? Like it is very hard to make money in podcasting. Most big brands have zero interest in your show unless you're averaging 10,000 downloads in a week. You know what I mean? And that is a hard number to hit. That is a lot of work, but you have things like OnlyFans or Patreon or you know whatever your income sources are and my advice is always, especially with people in the adult industry, is think of this as, you know, maybe you're paying me three, four or five hundred dollars a month to be like producing your show. But think of that as marketing money. You're finding another way to get your OnlyFans, your products, your everything in front of a whole new audience that might not have known you from your previous work. And, and that's kind of where you have to look at it. The The infamous story that I always remember is someone came to us and he was interested in doing a podcast about songwriting on guitar. Like it was about like how he wanted to interview guitarists about writing the guitar riffs to songs. And this was a guitar teacher and he wouldn't hire us because he's like, well, I don't, I don't know where I'd make the money. And it's like, 
you're literally doing a podcast that directly connects to what your business is. Like, if you're doing it right, you should see your business double from interest in people listening to you interview these guitarists and being like, that's the guy I want to teach me how to play guitar. (laughs) But, like, some people can't see that bigger vision. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, a friend of mine, uh, one of the shows that we produce is this show called Krista Makes a Podcast. And it's the lead singer of this punk band from Florida, uh, Krista Makes. And he sits down and he talks to songwriters about how they wrote their biggest hit song. And he started the podcast in the middle of the pandemic. And he started doing songwriting for hire. People would pay him, say, $500 to write a theme song to their podcast or write a love song for their wife or their anniversary or whatever. And because of that podcast, he found himself having to cap off how many songs he could do in a month because he was getting so many overwhelming requests that he was making more money during the pandemic as a songwriter than he was making pre-pandemic as like a dude in a touring band. Like that, that is like how powerful you can use this tool if you use it correctly. Yeah. And you know, there are other ways as well. Once your podcast gets bigger, talk to me about sponsorships. So there's a couple different routes that you can take. The, the big thing is that ultimately your numbers are, either going to be the biggest help for you or the biggest hindrance for you if you're trying to just get a general sponsor, right? If you're trying to get a big name brand like Manscaped or HelloFresh, like those brands, all they care about is the bottom line. How many numbers are you getting every month? And that's how much we're going to pay you. And it's usually the payout is about, I think so, I think the way I was explained it was a hundred dollars for every 10,000 downloads that you do. It's not a very good payout, but what I have found way more success in is finding products that you seek out yourself that are specific to your brand. So the Christmas podcast that I do, yes, I legitimately have an all year round Christmas podcast (laughs) called Christmas 365 (laughs) for the month of July. We were hired by a guy who does handcrafted ornaments and like July and August is the prime time to order to pre-order the ornaments to get them in time for Christmas. He threw us like a hundred bucks to just do some ad reads, letting people know like now's the time to pre-order these things. Cause he was like, look, I know that you guys, you know, only maybe do three to 400 listens a week, but that's three to 400 people who care so much about Christmas that they're going to be really excited. uh, Yeah. That they're (laughs) going to be excited to be reminded that they can get like a home handmade crafted ornament for a loved one in time for Christmas. Like, so, so like you can do that stuff. And that's why I tell a lot of the adult star ones is like, if you have a connection with like Adam and Eve or like any of those brands, just reach out and say like, Hey, I have a podcast you know, we average this many numbers, but these are like loyal people who are going to be interested in your brand. So it's like, maybe if you're only doing 500 downloads an episode, it still ultimately might make more sense for Adam and Eve to put advertising on a show that has 500 listeners that are almost a hundred percent turnover for their product than it is to go to a show like Joe Rogan or Mark Marin, that's like one of the biggest podcasts in the world, but maybe like 0.01% of that audience is ever going to care about their product. Yeah. So it's, it's getting the right, the right product for your podcast. 
And I know we discussed when I was first starting it and I was like, oh, what about these ads? Like random ads. I was thinking, oh, that could be a moneymaker. But they're, they're really not. Is no, it, you know, it's like maybe two the, cents an ad or something like that. It's such a low payout. To put something like really annoying in the Middle East <laughs> podcast that's totally probably irrelevant to yes. what you're talking about. And you're going to make so much more money if you can get a, a company to specifically say like, hey, here is a script we would like you to read in the middle of your show. And then you're able to add your own personality to it. So it's not like, you know, the ideal spot would be like right after your intro but before the interview, you know, like, hi, this is Tanya Tate, and I'm here representing Adam and Eve's newest toy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> like it'd be something that, like, that, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It has, like, a personality. It has a flow. Like, you get to yeah. do the thing that makes sense versus, like, you have your intro, and then it's just, like, generic radio ad that you've heard a million times before just, like, plays for a minute before you can hear the interview, and you're like, what is this? This has nothing to do with anything and you walk off with like well we made three cents on that like <laughs> that was worth it not exactly where it's like those those pre-recorded ads like you could ask someone hey 100 bucks per per episode for me to just read this ad for you and and use a promo code to like draw people to your website and you know people might go for it my whole thing is it doesn't hurt to ask it's like yeah. the Wayne Gretzky quote right like you're just going to miss all the shots you don't take so, like, there's no hurt, harm in just sending the email and saying, hey, would you be open to this? Yeah. The worst that's going to happen and, is that they just don't respond to you. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, to put some value in your own brand as well. So, you know, if you are someone that's relatively unknown, then as, as an adult star or content creator, maybe 100 books, you're thinking that's okay. But if you're someone with an established name and an established following then maybe that price needs to go up, you know? Yeah. Because you are also bringing your solid, loyal fan base of fans that are going to hear that ad as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to ask you, what's the best length for a podcast? Well, I can tell you what's not the best length, and that is as much as I love Bruce Pritchard and, and wrestling podcasts, they've been dropping these five to six hour long episodes, oh which is just pure goodness. insanity. No. Um, but I, I would no. say if you can get into that sweet spot of 45 minutes to an hour, like that is a really good spot to be. You can always go a little bit longer. I think anything over 90 minutes, you're really asking for a lot and you better have content that's worth the, the time dedication. But I have been predicting this since the pandemic, and I'm curious to see how this ultimately shakes out. But pretty much since COVID hit, I think that the, the short, like, micro-podcast, if you can knock out a podcast in 30 minutes or less that's just, like, a small, like, quick bite-size episode, people listen to podcasts when they go to work, and more and more people are working from home and traveling less. So, like, those episodes can really benefit from, like, when they go for a walk in the afternoon in the middle of the day or when they just drive to get their Starbucks during lunch. Like, you'll, I, I think that the bite-sized content is really going to continue to shine more and more and more as we continue to shift more and more to this work-from-home flow that a lot of businesses have been going towards. But again, it really depends on your content. Like as much as I trash the idea that someone's putting out a five to six hour podcast, people are listening to it. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep putting it out there. You know what I mean? So like if your content is compelling enough, there really isn't a limit. But 
as someone like myself who subscribes to over 60 podcasts, keep them short. I don't, you know, if it, if I could be listening to six other podcasts in the time that I could be listening to your one podcast, your one show keeps getting moved lower and lower and lower on my list of stuff to listen to. And it might ultimately just become like the show I put on in a hotel room when I need some background noise to fall asleep to, you know what I mean? And that's not, <laughs> it's not an ideal spot to be like, <laughs> Oh, it's definitely not. So we talk about the, the the length of time. Talk about some other podcasting don'ts. I'm definitely don't just release the full raw audio. I know that I said just kind of record it and do it, and I do stand by that. But re-listen to it before you put it out. Make sure that there's nothing that you're saying that you don't want out there. Make sure that there's not long silences like. There is a there is a very thin line between a well-placed pregnant pause and it being obvious that you have no clue what you're supposed to say next. And that is that is another thing that I think you are very you are like the queen of the pregnant pause. Like when you do your intros, there's like these pauses where I'm like, should I shorten this? And then as soon as you start talking, I'm like, no, that was perfect. That was like the perfect <laughs> length of time to like leave people hanging on your word for the next part. But there are other shows where it's like they'll finish a thought and then there's a couple seconds of silence. And then you hear like, so anyway, <laughs> and you're oh, like, oh, they have no clue. No. <laughs> that wasn't an intentional pause. That was a, uh oh, I lost my th- train of thought. So like tightening that up, you know, people probably don't want to hear your your brain processing what you're going to say in real time. Yeah. Those are two big don'ts. I also think don't be somebody else. I know I said that in the beginning too, but I think it's the most crucial thing is be you. Be authentically you. Unless you're doing like a narrative show where you're an actor that's playing a character, like be yourself. The most traffic or conversations that have ever come out of my podcast have always been when I have revealed a very embarrassing story from my childhood or even from like in the last year and the amount of emails that come in where it's like oh my god I thought that was just me like I did the same thing like people connect to those really embarrassing things one of the shows that I used to produce they would literally at the end of their show go onto Facebook and look at their Facebook memories and mock what their Facebook statuses were from like 10 to 15 years ago. And people couldn't get enough of it because they're like, yeah, when I was a teenager, I posted the dumbest nonsense as my statuses. Like there, there is a humanizing relatability and don't take for granted what you do actually. Like in the most sincere of ways, the amount of emails that I've gotten for my dumb little shows where it's just me and my friends talking about horror movies that are like, you guys got me through my divorce. Like you guys got Uh. me through the loss of my brother, like stuff like that, where you don't know what's happening in the lives of the people who are listening to your show. And your little show could be the thing that's keeping one person hanging on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I always try to never forget the power of that and never forget the fact that there are people who are choosing to invite me into their life on a weekly or if they subscribe to all of my shows, a daily basis to be part of this weird dream and this weird ride. And, you know, I, I owe it to them 
if they're going to be that open and honest to me in emails, I owe it to them to be as open as I can be on the microphone about things that maybe I wouldn't want to talk about <laughs> on the microphone per se. But, you know, you share these stories and, and if it makes people laugh and it brings a little bit of joy in into a dark, really dark, rough time that we're living in, like that has a lot more power than I think people realize when they first sit down to start recording. I think it's being relatable to your listeners and appreciating the listeners. Yeah. You know, I think it works both ways. You put out a good product and the listeners will listen and you'll know that, you know, they're appreciating what you're putting out. It makes us feel big hearts, Matt. That's the stuff that, that it does get hard. It does get hard to have people email us about, you know, my brother and I, um, when my brother was co-hosting the horror podcast with me, we would do a segment as a bonus episode called Growing Up Kelly. And it would be our third co-host, Scott, would be like, tell us what Christmas is like in the Kelly household. And him and I would share like memories about that or whatever. And I remember we got an email from a woman who just said, you know, I lost my brother a couple years ago and we were just as close as Matt and Brian are. And... I love listening to Growing Up Kelly because it makes me feel like I am listening to someone tell the stories of me and my brother as well. Like, Aww. and it's like that was just something that we did on the fly to be funny, and it's it's so impactful to this one person. So, you really you never know what is the thing that's going to change someone's life or bring comfort into someone's life. And I think the harder that you try to force something to be that comfort, the less legitimate it ends up being right. You know, like the, with the exception of, you know, I, I idolize Mr. Rogers. I, I praise what Mr. Rogers used to do because he could just sit there and talk. And he, I remember reading an interview where he said, I sit in front of the camera and I know that there are millions of eyes watching me, but I just visualize the one kid that needs to hear that message. And I talk directly to them. And in doing that, it felt like when you were watching Mr. Rogers, that he was talking to you specifically because he was only thinking of one kid that he was talking to at that time. And it's like, there is a power in that of, of that legitimate human connection that I think we all long for is just to be heard and be seen. For me, when I, when I talk to out to my audience on the podcast, I, in my mind, I envisage it quite personal, quite intimate, you know, the way that you speak, out to the people you're not being like hey peoples you're not talking yeah. in plural you're talking an in individual and i i do picture like someone sitting there with the headphones on sitting there listening and as i'm asking them i'm asking them the question and then i give that yeah. little pause that little pregnant pause sometimes because i'm thinking they must be thinking this over right now this is going through their mind i wonder what they're saying i wonder what their answer is yeah so it's 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 given that space and that time so podcasting, we know that there is a future in podcasting. So tell yeah. me, Matt, what do you think it looks like? I think that we're already seeing a pretty good example of what the future of podcasting is. Podcasting is bigger now than it ever was before. And it, it goes through these waves, right? Like Serial, I think, was the first big podcasting moment. When the show Serial dropped, all of a sudden, people who had never spoken to me about podcasts before... We're like, oh my God, are you listening to Serial? And that, for some reason, that like blew up and that turned into this whole true crime podcast wave that we have right now. 
And then you have kind of the Joe Rogan's effect as well, where it's like that show becomes so massive and that brings in this whole other audience for, for better or for worse. I'm not particularly a fan, but <laughs> you know, but um, it, it is another boom. And during the pandemic, I think there was something like, I think I read that there was something like 800,000 podcasts were started in the first three months of the pandemic. Now I'm sure a lot of those have fallen off. I'm, I'm almost positive of that because the other big important stat to remember is that if your podcast does a hundred downloads an episode, you're already ranked as one of the top 10 most, like in the top 10% of all the podcasts in the world. And which, we, we got me right there, right from the beginning, Matt. Right remember, out the gate. Right out the yeah. gate. But that says a lot more. I mean, it's, it is still a badge of honor to wear on anybody's sleeve. But what I also try to remind myself is that says how many people are out there making a podcast that maybe six people are listening to. You know what I mean? Like there are billions of people who are creating podcasts that just haven't found an audience yet. But most of them don't find the audience because they stop doing it. They get discouraged and they throw in the towel. But a prime example. Consistency. 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 I'm releasing it when you say that you're going to release it so the fans are expecting so they know when to return exactly and there's a um a prime example is a show that i was producing for years for my sister was the show called my favorite episode of and it was a very simple concept someone would come onto the show and we would watch their favorite episode of their favorite tv show but nothing else so we would just watch that episode out of context and then we would talk to the person about like what is it about this episode that represents your love of this show? And it was like a deep dive conversation about like why we connect to the TV shows that we connect to and, and whatever. Um, we haven't done an episode of that show for a full year now. That show is still averaging 2000 streams a month just on our back catalog of people who after the show ended have rediscovered the show and have become fans so much so that there may be text message conversations between my sister, her co-host and I of like, do we bring it back? Like, do we start doing it again? <laughs> and, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it, it is cool to know that like, I always talk about the idea of, I want to create stuff that's going to live well past me. Yeah. And like that show is such a prime example of like, if I, if something terrible happens to me, if I just take the way Jonathan always said is if I step off the wrong curb one day, like if something awful happens, I know that for the rest of my life, my nieces and nephews and their kids will have the entire back catalog of all these podcasts to get to know who their uncle Matt was. You know what I mean? Like that is, there is something that is really comforting knowing that like there is a piece of me that exists forever now <laughs> in oh, the greater Matt, space there's a lot more pieces of me that exist <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make me disappear from the internet if you wanted to well instagram can but not much other places. thank you yes instagram <laughs> is like, you know you're gone you are gone so our legacy will be there left behind online for all to see and use to come and I, you know, you are the producer of my podcast, Milf's Maker Money, and I'm sure some of the listeners will want to know some of the bleepers, some of the things, you know, what do you get to hear that they don't share, spill, but not too much. 
I'm paying <laughs> I mean, your check. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about we've talked about Tanya cutting people off when they definitely step out of line. That is that is a, a favorite of mine because Tanya. Here's the thing: Tanya is legitimately one of the sweetest people that I know, but she is also a very like she runs a tight ship. So like when she needs to turn on like the seriousness, like she'll go from her sweetness to be like, no. <laughs> like, like, oh, doesn't my son know that very well? <laughs> but honestly, my favorite part of editing your podcast is always the last like 10 seconds of your intro outro audio, because you kind of just review yourself afterwards. Like you're just like, Oh, that wasn't too bad, Matt. Or like, oh, have fun editing that one, Matt. Like, it's always <laughs> yeah. like you, you always leave me. <laughs> yeah, you you always leave me these little messages, and then it always ends with a very sincere like, "Yay!" Like it's over. Like I, those <laughs> always bring so much joy in into me. Um, I also for the speak pipe segments. Oh, they must be hilarious. <laughs> well, because the, the speak pipe, the speak pipe segments. She says like, "All right, we're gonna go to speak pipe." And then what you guys don't hear is she'll say like, all right, Matt, we're going to listen to this speak pipe named this. And then it's silence, but it's just her repeating verbatim what the person is saying in the message so that I make sure that I'm finding the right message. And some of those messages can be very interesting to just hear Tanya monotonely say into oh, a microphone because... But they're mostly... I, I have to say your speak pipe listeners are mostly very sweet. They are. There's, there's, like, we have a couple of crazy messages sometimes, but they're normally sweet. Yeah, so so the way that I do it, for me, I give you the link. So you have the yeah. link and you have the title. So you can you can easily grab mine. You need to tell Mary Carey to do that for you so you're not guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do that, but I'll, I do repeat. And then I kind of like, ooh, ooh, hello. Hello, big fan from Ghana. Yeah, hello. but it is, it is funny just hearing you just say like, hello, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, like I think you are so sexy. I love you, Tanya. <laughs> but I, I do because I'm, I'm repeating it back monotone. So it's like you kind of know which one, you know, which because I've given you the link to play and now you're listening. So now you know where I'm up to. So, yeah, those um, are those are my favorites though. Just listening to you monotonely repeat back the speak pipes <laughs> always, always puts a smile on my face when I'm editing. Those those are great. Oh, but my. yeah, no, there's really not that much. Like, not too much ends up on the cutting room floor unless there's a loud clap letting me know that it has to end up on the on the cutting room floor. There are there are people whose podcasts I edit. I'm literally in the middle of editing a podcast for my uncle's band and they go they come over to my house and they record for sometimes two and a half hours. Oh. And I can tell you that their episodes are never longer than 90 minutes. So I am combing through these five guys having shots and talking about the old days and just being like, all right, this story went nowhere. It's gone. And I'm cutting out oh. sometimes five to 10 minute chunks of conversation that just felt aimless. But you run such a tight ship. You you send your guests the questions in advance. You are very good at noting when they already answer other questions in your list of questions so that you don't repeat anything. And then if it starts to veer a little too much or get too tangential, like tangents are great and you should follow your tangents if you're recording podcasts because there might be some gold there. But like don't get lost in your tangent and you mm. always 
rein your guest in when they're starting to get a little too off topic. Yeah, yeah you're not talking about what I want to talk about. Okay, and now yeah. I'm going to ask you another question. Get exactly. back over, yeah. <laughs> You know, the only other thing I can say is if you're listening to this and you said, man, this charming man knows so much about podcasts and I really hope that one day I can hire him to do my podcasts. Uh, we know podcasting.com. It was founded by myself and my friend, Chris. Uh, we both host a podcast called One Hit Thunder and we decided to take our combined knowledge of podcasting. Both of us have been podcasting for 15 years individually. So it's 30 years of experience um, and let us either produce your show or just edit your show for you, whatever you need. We're happy to help out. Especially, look, I'm really, I'm, I'm not joking about that AVN award. So if you're an adult star and you want to start a podcast, please, I want to have an award on my mantle <laughs> before I turn 40. So we got, we got a ticking clock of three years to get that category in the AVNs. Help me achieve this goal, please. <laughs> That was a, that was a nice upsell. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And one last thing that I'm going to ask you in one sentence, what piece of advice would you give to someone who's wanting to start their own podcast? Just do it. Just sit down, record it and put it out there and you can work out the kinks and perfect it later. But if you don't just start doing it, you'll come up with a thousand and one excuses to never do it. Thank you, Matt. And where can everybody find you online? At St. Mort. That kind of just became my internet handle when I was 18 and it never went away, uh, is my personal stuff. And then at We Know Podcasting on pretty much everything else. So that's how you can find me. So thank you so much, Matt, for your time and for coming on the MILF's Making Money podcast. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me on Tanya Tay Presents MILFs Making Money. What are your talents and skills? What are your passions? Find out where they overlap. Have a vision for your life and you found your why, your purpose in life. I have brought my passions into my career. Have you done or will you do the same? Maybe you have a suggestion for future topics for a show or a question that me or one of my guests might be able to answer and give you advice on. Did I raise any questions in today's episode that got you answering out loud or wanting to know more? You can leave feedback or ask me relevant questions to the MILFs Making Money podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter at TanyaTate. Uh, I'm back on Instagram if you can be bothered to follow me on there. Queen underscore Tanya underscore Tate. I'm sure that'll change again in the future. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm bothering telling you about Instagram. Anyway, moving on to better platforms. TikTok is at Tanya Tate Tube. YouTube is at Tanya Tate Tube. And you can also leave me a voice note on my speakpipe. Speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate. You might get featured on a future episode. And let's listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voice notes of this week. Hello, Tanya Tate. I am Desmond from Ghana. Hope you are doing good with Oswald. <laughs> um, I'm just one of you from Ghana. And thanks for giving this opportunity for us to speak to you. Um, I'm just saying hi and I love you. Um. Bye. Well, Desmond from Ghana, thank you for being a 
big fan. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And I am thankful to give you the opportunity to be a part of the podcast. Tanya Tate presents MILF's Making Money. Let's listen to another speak pipe. You are best mom. You are best model. You are best actress. You are genius, Tanya Tate. I love you. This is Desmond, your fan from Ghana. Um, I love you. Keep on. Never give up. You are just a motivational. Thank you. Well, Desmond from Ghana, you had to come back and tell me again. Thank you so much. You are my big fan. I love being motivational for you. I love that you listen. My big fan, keep sharing that love. That's amazing. Thank you. He had to tell me twice. Let's see, who else do we have on my speak pipe this week? Let's take a listen. Hello, Tanya. Tate. this is Eric Ross here calling from Florissant, St. Louis, Missouri. Listen, uh, I would like to meet with you here in St. Louis, Missouri one day soon, possibly sometime before December 25th, 2022, for my birthday. And my birthday is on December 25th. So I'll be 49 years old this uh, year. So give me a a call. uh, And my contact information is my cell phone number. My personal email address is and my Gmail account is okay and my home address is st louis missouri well eric ross from missouri i'm gonna have to say i'm gonna wish you a very early happy birthday wow so you want to meet me before the 25th of december which is christmas day and on christmas day this year you're going to be 49 years old happy birthday eric But just so you know, I don't go around the world to meet fans willy-nilly, you know. However, every single day I interact with my fans on all my platforms, you know, I think that you should set up a video chat for your birthday. And I can personally wish you happy birthday on your birthday. Hmm. I think that's the best way, a a virtual meetup. And I do do video chats. You can pre-book it via Skype on OnlyFans or you can use the video chat option on Sex Panther. Or if you don't want to do that, maybe, maybe you can let me put my passions to work. You can let me blast out for you a very passionate happy birthday to Eric. I could sing that to you. I'd love to share my love of singing with you. Thank you, Eric. And we will bleep out all your personal information. I mean, Eric, you just give me your phone number, your address, your email addresses. I'm not gonna share that with everyone. But the only way that I will contact you is if you talk to me on Sex Panther or OnlyFans. I hope that we can set that up for your birthday. 
So if you did hear me read out your messages, play your voice notes, just let me know, hit me up with your mail and name and an address, and I will be sending a thank you photo for your show of appreciation and for your thank you for leaving a voice note speak pipe that I played. So thank you all for your support, guys. Keep it coming. I love hearing what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me via phone or video chat, you know where to find me on my premium social media platforms, sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. And we can get to chat one-on-one over there. Remember, I'm not anywhere else. Don't fall for the scammers. Don't be one of those fooled by those romance scams. And you can, of course, follow me on my platforms, Twitter at Tanya Tate, TikTok and YouTube. I'm on at Tanya Tate Tube. And you can see all of my official links, including my premium social media platforms on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. And remember, if you don't see it on my link tree, it's not me. And if you are listening to this podcast right now on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and are inspired by any of the words, please be sure to leave me a written review. Give me five stars. And you can also give a five-star rating on Spotify. I will be checking and I'll be giving shout-outs in upcoming episodes. This is Tanya Tate. Living your passions by using your skills and natural talents is the most important thing you can do in life. In the words of John Gordon, having a vision for your life and knowing where you are going is powerful. But it's even more powerful when you know why you are going there. Now get out there and go build your bank.